What's happening, weirdos? Welcome to the 99th We Made It Weird, but the first episode of We Made It Weird Nights. It's 9.44, which is super late for us. That's so late, and we got a little spicy and juicy in this one. It's a little love line, which comes up. It comes up, and that's kind of what takes it down that road. So to all of the sweet listeners who message me about um, their kids loving this podcast. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's like terrible, but maybe you listen to it first and you see, you make the yeah. own judgment. This is like, uh, yeah, again, I mentioned NPR. I've been listening to This American Life again in the car. <laughs> and uh, they're like, this does describe, this acknowledges the existence of sex. <laughs> That's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. great. Um, that also. A little juicy. And then like after the, the mid-roll break, which is 29 minutes in, the second half of the show... It's a little juicy it's for a little, a little juicy, bit, but then and then it gets incredibly nice. profound. Uh, not profound. That's 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 <laughs> up my own ass. Yeah, it gets into talking about some deeper things and some beautiful things. Yeah. So I I love this episode. We we're jokingly calling it nights because it's Sunday evening. That's the only time we had to do it, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad we did. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was fun. really awesome. So I'm glad you guys are here. Yeah. And this is we made it weird nights. Oh, right. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, we got to do the... <laughs> yeah. Right. We made it weird. We're so tired. Right. Uh, if you like the show, try... If Pete's back, here's me in a completely different tone of voice doing, doing the ads. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy these. This episode is brought to us by a couple, uh, a new Pete's Pick, which I'm super excited. I've been taking PYM Chews for years, and they have absolutely 100% changed my life, specifically in how I cope with stress and anxiety. And I love that they are natural and amino acid based that helps your brain do what it is designed to do, which is help you cope when you are feeling overwhelmed. When I discovered PYM, it's called PYM because it's prepare your mind. No joke, the first night I took them, I felt the difference almost immediately and ordered not just one, subscriptions for my mother and my brother because I know that the Holmes family deal with stress. I know I do and anxiety. So PYM Choose help you manage feelings of stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. And it's wonderful to know that when you're feeling worried, stressed out, or as uh, Val and I like to say, you have a bee in your belly, you can chew just two of these delicious, naturally citrus-flavored, no-sugar-added chews, and in minutes you start to feel more centered, calm and in control. It's literally a technique. I love having it in my cupboard, knowing I can return to myself uh, when I need to. When I first tried them, I thought they were too good to be true, but here they are. We have a natural, non-addictive, and non-psychoactive solution to one of life's most common problems. I like to take it at the start of my day, in the morning, to sort of ease me into a flow state, ease me into the work that I have to do without a stressed out feeling. And I also take them at the end of the day when I'm looking to wind down and melt away the stress that I accumulated while I was working. How? Well, PYM chews are comprised of proven amino acid complexes and adaptogens that help your brain, uh, support your brain and your body's ability to organically support 
your ability to manage and tolerate stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. These specifically formulated amino acids target your neurotransmitters, specifically the GABA system, a naturally occurring neurotransmitter that helps the body manage chronic stress, supplying your body with GABA, L-theanine, and rhodiola. I hope I'm saying that right. I know it works. I don't know how to say it. PYM is on a mission to end the stigma surrounding mental health and to make a better mood accessible for all and if that weren't enough, a percentage of their profits goes toward mental health nonprofits, including Bring Change to Mind, a wonderful nonprofit. So it's a new Pete's pick. If you have anxiety and stress in your life and you're looking for a natural, gentle, effective way to give your body the nutrition it needs to fight off stress, honest to God, this is stuff that Val and I swear by, and I'm so glad they're uh, sponsoring the podcast. Thank you, PYM. Go to youcanpym.com slash weird for 15% off PYM mood chews. That's youcanpym.com slash weird. The second Pete's pick that this episode is sponsored by is my old friend Alpha Brain, brought to us by our friends at Onnit. For the past, I don't know, six, seven, eight years, I haven't done anything that involves my noodle, that's my brain, uh, without taking two or three Alpha Brain 15 minutes beforehand. Helps with memory, helps with focus, helps with concentration. If I'm doing a podcast, if I'm doing stand-up, if I'm writing a script, or if I'm just going on a date with Val and I want to have full access to my memory and to my vocabulary and, and my ability to listen and participate, I always take Alpha Brain. It is not a stimulant. It's not like caffeine. It's not an energy drink. It's nutrition that your brain needs. It's earth-grown ingredients that help your brain function the way it was intended to and at a peak level. I so wish I knew about Alpha Brain when I was in college, when it came to memorizing facts, learning new things, reading books, all that sort of stuff. But I'm still learning. I'm still reading. I'm still growing. And when I do, I take a few Alpha Brain and I retain so much more than I would without it. I absolutely swear by it. I keep it in the jacket pockets. I keep it in the car. I keep it in my travel bags. I always, always, always have my Alpha Brain. And I just got some of their new black label, which I'm very excited to try. So if you want to give it a try, if you're using your brain, chances are you are. Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird, and you'll get 10% off everything you see on that landing page. That's onnit.com slash weird and show your support of this show all right everybody <laughs> this is we made it weird nights number 99 get into it yeah. here, here we go. go here we go here, here we, we go, go. <laughs> oh you're such a good mirror <laughs> i was gonna start low because this is a we made it weird first do you know what episode this is i think it's a 98 okay so it's not like a hundred no. But it would be fitting if it were. Because <laughs> what? Because it would be kind of like doing the opposite of what people do for like a 100th episode where oh, they like. Oh, because we're doing like a small, quiet one. Yeah. Because we're doing a real casual, like. Well, casual sounds like we're not, like we're drunk or something. No, to me, I like casual. <laughs> We've had this exact conversation I know. before. I know what you mean. But for those that hear the word casual like me, like we, we don't have anything to say or anything to share or we don't want to do this. Val just means. I just mean that we're, it's, it's like personal. You're, you're, it's like Pete and Val at home. <laughs> I actually think this is worthy uh, already. 
<laughs> of an Emmy, of a Grammy, of a, gra- a Grammy, <laughs> a Grammy. It's a, uh, it's like a Grammy for the Emmys, but they do it for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a great lie. Like it's a TV show yeah. about a guy who's not doing so well. He goes back to his hometown. He has a podcast <laughs> and someone says, you have a podcast. And he's like, yeah, is it doing well? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it won a Grammy. A gra- yeah, it's like a Grammy for the Emmys, but they give it to podcasts. <laughs> then he gets off the elevator. Um, Excellent. What I'd I watch gonna, that show. This is worthy of a spinoff. I was actually, I am sincerely, sincerely casual and sincerely excited to get this time to talk with you. I know. Because it's been like, first of all, I've been wanting to do a comedy. Oh, oh yeah. so oh, loud. Oh, yeah. By the way, I was just. Com- Hold on now. I'm okay. just kidding. No. I was just putting Leela down because that's it. That's what we're trying to tell you guys is that it's 8.35 p.m. <laughs> I guess we um, could have just said that. And so I was just putting her down and we're in our beautiful new home. And it I has our beautiful old PJs. These are my shark PJs from <laughs> MeUndies. Yeah. And they have a bite in them like a real. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a hole right where it looks like a shark bit. But that's all me, baby. Don't don't go to them for that. You got to do that yourself. And I'm picture this wearing picture this. <laughs> that's that's a you kind of bit. You love to do that. I don't picture know. It. Yeah, are you picturing it? A, are you picturing it? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just a white a white cotton nightgown uh, with pigtails. So that's. I feel like that's a little too sexual. <laughs> Is it? No, no, no. Oh no. I absolutely don't. I thought it was like adorably country. Oh okay. White cotton nightgown is not. If I said a white silk nightgown. Yeah, let's not even go down this road. Okay. I, I do think sometimes, you know, I as if you've ever listened to this podcast or watched me do stand-up, I have a very conflicted relationship with pornographic films. <laughs> is this news worst, to anybody? It's the worst way to say it. That sounds like I'm sitting in my screening room with 35 millimeter prints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take it off, see, smoking a cigar These pornographic films on 35mm <laughs> Look, I, I was just talking to my brother about how people in our family tend to be at odds with themselves So I'm not even saying that I'm just saying that I've noticed, although that is true I've noticed that even in a world where I am consistently avoiding Noticing, for example, that when I do succumb, succumb, succumb all over myself. <laughs> I mean, that really, there's so much information in that language. I know. About how you're... Yeah, but hear hear me out, because it's not just body shame. It's not even Christian. Mm -hmm. It's not Christian of you. It's not very Christian of you. Sorry, I wanted to say (laughs) it again. I wanted to say... Who is this character? I want to know more about him. When you do not tip at least 10%, it is not... I followed them out to their car. It's just not a good witness. I saw y'all praying before your French toast, and then you didn't tip me at all. This accent, though, is... I don't like it. It's like a little Southern... It, it is Southern, but it's also kind of like surfer. Like, when <laughs> yeah, I first... Oh, let's get catch those waves. Yeah, when I first heard it, you are like, it's not very Christian of you. It's like a, yeah, like a no. su- Southern It was a new thing. This surfer. is... Oh, let me finish that one iron that I we did I know, we have so many. The iron I was going to say was, eat at, eat, this is how we talk at night. No, no, no. And what I was going to say was, it's already worthy of a spinoff. We made it weird nights. Nights. Like Baywatch nights. Yeah. Because 
I don't feel as I interrupt you, but I don't feel all jacked up. I don't feel like I have to be profound every five seconds. And that's always our best episodes when we just ease into it. Yeah. Let me finish this porn thought. It's it's not Please. long. And then you also have to finish whatever I interrupted when I said. It'll never come back. Okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, it must not have been very important. Um, <laughs> it's a Steve Martin bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably say this every time when he goes, oh yeah, I'm radioactive. <laughs> when I, I must not have because you, you wouldn't laugh that way. It's on <laughs> Let's Get Small or something. He goes, you know when you can't remember what you're going to say and people go, well, it must not have been very important. I'd like to go, oh right, I'm radioactive. <laughs> I mean, great. I know you already heard it, but That's I wanted great. to do the whole bit. I loved it. Um, pornography. Yeah. The reason, so you said white cotton nightgown and Mm -hmm. pigtails. And I said that sexual. Why? Yeah. Because, so my point is I'm not even moralizing it. Mm -hmm. I'm not even body shame, like masturbate, take yourself to dinner, enjoy erotic arts. Like, Mm -hmm. do you Mm -hmm. like, let's stop beating ourselves up for beating ourselves off. Wait, 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 wait. I got it. We made it weird. Nights. Nights. I blew it. No, you didn't. Get another spinner. Let's try again. Um, It does have a little bit of a love line feel. Did you ever listen to Love Line? Oh, yeah. You know what? I Sorry, have... that was disgusting. I sounded like a guy cracking shrimp at a New Orleans barbecue. <laughs> and I went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> love, love line. Oh, yeah. I used to beat myself off about beating myself up. Wait, what? <laughs> He's kind of listening to the show. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, okay. It's Baywatch Nights, man. This, this is <laughs> it. That's great. Um, okay. I... <laughs> I was going to say I have one memory of, I mean, I listened to love line. I went through like a love line phase when I was maybe like 18. So it kind of felt a little bit naughty. That's what I mean. That's why I made the beat off joke. Oh yeah. It was like when you'd find the dirty section in like a Guinness book of world records, it's like longest nipples. And you'd be like, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) No pictures, just, just the the words four inches or whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) Really looking at the word nipple, not the 14. Yeah. absolutely. didn't change it to 14. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Go um, and I just remember Jenna Fisher was on Love Line. It's like a weird thing because I know I've listened to it a lot, but there is one, there's only one thing I can remember. And I don't even know, it's not even that, eh, it's kind of interesting to share. But um, Jenna Fisher was on, and I think it was the office was still on. And somebody called in and asked about being worried that her, that that her boyfriend's big penis was going to stretch her vagina out. Wait, because it was live? It was, they took calls. What do you mean? Oh, this wasn't like a prank. Like it, it, he snuck through and was like, do you think your, your boyfriend's big penis is going to stretch your vagina? <laughs> oh, so sorry, Jenna. <laughs> I'm sorry. This, this is the risk. We're flying without a net here. No, this it, is the kind of question. It got screened and they took it. Yeah. Like wow. they would take those kinds of questions. Wow. It was like, it was like a sexual say? thing. And I just remember her being like, I don't think so because you can have like, they have babies and they return back yeah which i thought was like a very nice classy answer but i remember being like how's cam 
Beasley going to answer this? Her publicist was holding up post-its. In, yeah. In the, in the Just to go, bring baby, it back to birth. Baby, something, something wholesome. Yeah. Well, that is classy. Not that she has to be wholesome. She can be whoever she wants. <laughs> We're actually after I was, um, Michael Rosenbaum is trying to help me get Jenna on the pod. Oh yeah. Well, you know, she has and her a answer. Classy. I'm tired of talking about myself. I'm taking a little break. Always my favorite reason for oh, people to not do the podcast that's is balance. Is yeah. that they just need a little downtime. That is really Love classy. It, it. What were you going to say? They have a podcast that I haven't listened to yet and I don't know why. It's her and Angela Kinsey and it's called Office Ladies and they like, you know, they go through the episodes of The Office. And we just hear the it. sound of... <laughs> <laughs> we can hear the people leaving this podcast. <laughs> To go and yeah. listen to that because I think people are only listening to this podcast because they're not aware of other, of other podcasts. podcasts. Yeah, I don't think that's <laughs> the case. <laughs> um, here's my final porn uh, thing. Oh, was, I'm sorry. I thought you were more than done with that. <laughs> well, I, I did sort of allude to the point, but the point is this: like, <clears throat> I notice first of all, it's not working. Like I've been experimenting with it for many years. <laughs> Yeah. Like the data is in. Yeah. As I've said on stage, like sometimes it's like exactly what you need. And that probably has more to do with whatever physiology than actual whatever. But um, now I just, I just catch myself looking at at people and thinking more sexually faster than I used to. And and, Mm. and no surprise, men don't really need a boost in that department. Mm -hmm. Typically we, we notice sexuality around us, Mm -hmm. but like pornography is just going like, that's what it is. It's like, you know, I'm always railing against Instagram, how it lies about reality. Yeah. Well, what could be lying about reality more than pornography? And in a, in like a more. And I'm including that classy female produced (laughs) Real orgasm, natural shaped dildo porn. Okay, I don't know why I'm just that's saying necessary. like it doesn't matter how. I don't just mean raunchy porn. I mean all of it is yeah. sort of, by definition, tricking your brain into thinking like. Meh. Again, nothing wrong with it, but yeah. there's a there's a there's an inherent sort of fib. Yeah, and I and I think the stakes are a little bit higher even than Instagram because. We already are, you know, having sex disembodied. We're ha- oh we're God, buying man. into like patriarchal myths of like, like the male has to be conquering, and then that blurs the line with rape culture. I mean, there's so much. RC cola. That's already, that's, that's the original RC. Cola. <laughs> that's what I call rape culture. You know what predates RC cola? The original RC. Hi, I'm Jen. I'm here to talk about rape. Culture? No. 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 Um, No. What I was going to say is I have found that pornography, I have to say it in a British accent, (laughs) otherwise I feel dirty. I do want to get back to Loveline, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, That pornography is kind of like sugar, where, like, you know, if you stop sugar, and then you have like a donut or something, you're like, this is way too sweet. Yeah. And that is exactly what's happened to me. Like I haven't tried to, to not look at porn. I was looking at it for a while. Once I had Leela, I kind of stopped. I just saw it differently. Me too. I have a bit about that, but it, yeah. it still creeps in every once in a while. Like that cousin you forget you have. Yeah. And then Jim Bob. <laughs> Hi y'all. Like, is that my cousin or my mom's cousin? Like what's a, <laughs> 
second cousin? Oh, what is that? neighbor that we just sort of took in. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's it's Uncle Jim's boy. You know, your dad's best friend. Like, that's okay, so right. not and even. That's related. what pornography is. Yeah, it's not family, but it's the weird neighbor boy you let in. <laughs> yeah, you let in sometimes. Yeah, and and I have let it in since. I mean, like, it's been four years since Lula was born, but like every time I've done it, I feel like. Oh, this is what, this this is is what it is. And I'm not, and that's not shaming. I'm just saying it's so the opposite of what I'm trying to cultivate in my own sexuality that I'm just like, this is exact. This is like harsh to my eyes. Facts. (laughs) Yeah. Facts. And when the goal, so father Greg Boyle just did the podcast who founded homeboy industries and I just finished his book tattoos on the heart and I am obsessed. He's like another Richard Rohr, which mm. everyone knows that's a very high compliment from me. Mm. And Homeboy Industries is incredible. But he's all about kinship and the mm. margins. And he's like, as soon as you stand at the margins, the margins like don't exist in the same way mm. because you're, you're there. You're no longer marginalizing these groups. You go to them. So anyway, I'm not even saying that pornography is marginalizing another person, but potentially it is. Mm -hmm. Meaning in the same way that specialness, which is my major addiction, Mm -hmm. puts distance between me and my fellow humans. (laughs) Um, Because I like the way that it feels. I've grown accustomed to feeling the specialness of they're over there and they look at me and I'm like, look, I thought of that thing about this. (laughs) But then that, that that has an another side to it, which can cut me, which separates me and isolates me in the same way, uh, delicious American made, um, wholesale purchased um, pornography, (laughs) (laughs) um, in and of itself, that's another subject, but, uh, on a deeper level, there is like a, I'm looking at a human being sort of like callously transactionally Mm -hmm. really Uh, like, uh, really objectifying. Yeah, no, it, it is an object. Yeah. That's exactly the, the lie. Thank you. Right, yeah. It turns an act mm-hmm. into an object, mm-hmm. a two-dimensional object, a flat object. Yeah. That you then just like mainline into your lizard brain, mm-hmm. cause a physiological reaction. Again, I don't have to keep saying this, but I don't think that's like evil or wrong. No. I just don't think it's, and this is Father Greg's big word, kinship. Yeah. It's not like removing lines between people. It's actually turning people into into things so is instagram by the way yeah so so if you think i'm just pooing on on pornography i'm actually not i think you should pay for your pornography that's something i believe in Mm -hmm. i also think that instagram and television even in some ways can certainly be in the same way evil in the using the richard Rohr definition that it lies about the nature of reality let's talk about love line mm-hmm. you know why because i want to talk about the things that you because <laughs> it's because it's baywatch nights <laughs> the things that you used to sneak a sneak a <laughs> a sesh to because mm-hmm. things like love line to me mm-hmm. growing up uh you know we didn't identify as a fundamentalist church but looking back we took a pretty literal literal approach to the bible mm-hmm. um so i have that fundamentalist repression and as a result i'm curious the things because it's nights yeah. that we would sneak and and get a little fun uh-huh. that weren't 
weren't just like, we're, on, we're recording this podcast on my pornography machine. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's my laptop. Mm-hmm. It's insane. But before that, I mean, what Loveline for me was, and I already mentioned it, but we, we had a book that just was like, again, it might have been a Guinness Book of World Records, but one of the sections was about erotica mm. and it had the top 10 sexual positions. Keep in mind, I hadn't seen any of these yeah, and there were no pictures, but I remember vividly, I think dog style was was number one Mm -hmm. and it said, a wonderful choice for a man obsessed with the female derriere. Dog style rounds out our list. It's Casey Kasem. Dog style rounds out our list. He calls it dog style. Dog style. He looks at the guy who writes the copy. Isn't it doggy style? Dog style. Uh, but dog style did round out the list at number one. And that was enough for me to be like. Female derriere. Because, and I've said this many times, it's not just sex that turns me on. And this is this is kind of in the realm of kink it's it's overt sexuality it's Mm -hmm. it's that unapologetic it there it was in black and white yeah all of my sexuality had been like heaved into the furnace room with freddy krueger yeah and like if you wanted to visit it there were like nine padlocks and then just me in my socks standing on the kitchen counter jerking it into a ceiling fan (laughs) but you had to get into those nine padlocks first (laughs) but to have it in a book that you could read at 9 a.m like there it was this book didn't didn't ask what time it was or how old you were. And it had the word derriere written out. It really did. It, I would bet, look, the human mind is a complicated thing, <laughs> but I would bet a large sum of money that it said for men preoccupied with the female derriere. Okay. If I found, okay, really you can't lose. My because... brother might know what it was because I'm sure he found that same. Yeah, oh yeah. I had watermarked it in a sense. <laughs> oh God. Oh, God. I'm surprised he could open to it. Um, <laughs> that you know that was I mean? a good yes hand. Thank you. I felt a little like that thing. I'm talking about Jesuit priests and I'm also talking about yeah. <laughs> there's a Jesuit, but I'm not going to do I, it. I'm I not going to do it. I was waiting for Jesuit it. Jesuit sheets. Like <laughs> the dude, the douche. Okay, forget it. Um, so if I, I, yeah, I can't lose because if I find out that it says that, that's fantastic. Yeah. Because it's just funny that that exists. Uh, if somehow I found out that that isn't the word, I'm going to fall in love with you all again. Because I changed again. it to derriere. Yeah, because your own little mind went derriere. Well, derriere, first of all, what is that? A small pistol you strap on your ankle? I know that's a derringer, but like derriere is pretty derriere. close to derringer. And it's I also like it. pretty close to diarrhea. <laughs> I have diarrhea out my derriere and I need to go. <laughs> Why are you pointing a small pistol at me? Oh, I forgot to incorporate that. I'm pointing this derringer at you because I have diarrhea in my derriere. <laughs> Why does a gun need to be here? Because it's America, motherfucker. Whoa. <laughs> you took us on a little journey there. That was like old timey radio, like when you'd listen to like the Lone Ranger. <laughs> That's another great Steve Martin bit. Really? <laughs> Do you know this bit? I don't know. He goes, uh, you know, his whole thing is that he's a master of comedy. Mm-hmm. Like that's sort of, obviously he is, but it's the joke that his character is, calls himself the master of comedy. He's <laughs> like, and you know, I am the master of comedy and I've been working on uh, some sound effects that I'd like to 
A lot of comedians are incorporating sound effects into their act. I'm going to do some sound effects for you. I think I remember this. Because, uh, so I woke up this morning and I walked to the front door. <laughs> and uh, I opened my car door. Took out the key and started the big old engine. I can't. I can't. This is one of the funniest bits of all time. I cannot. It's one of the funniest bits of all time. Handle it. It's so funny. So funny. It's so funny. I was going to say, like, that is my exact sense of humor, but I think it's everybody's sense of humor. I think that's what makes it one of the best bits ever is my my parents would love that. Like, But he has so many bits. Yes. He has so many bits like that where he's like, I'm so mad at my mother. (laughs) That's how it and he goes, she has the nerve to call me last week and ask me for $20 for some food. <laughs> and I said, hey, I work for a living. <laughs> so I'm having her move my dar- dumbbells to the attic. <laughs> it just oh keeps god. going. Oh my god. But you know, that joke is fine, but like when you give it to that guy in that Ab- suit, 100%. it becomes great. Even yeah. the sound effect joke. I, yeah. I I wouldn't go into a club and be like, this is going to smash yeah. unless you've already glazed the cake with silly. Yeah, that's right. I love a silly cake. Um, okay, well, to go back Derriere, Derriere. to your question. Yeah. Um, for secret slappies for, for Baywatch nights. Well, Baywatch Baywatch was one of the, I I, I don't think I no Baywatch wasn't for me because I watched that when I was younger and I really liked it and I really liked the way the girls looked, but I didn't know exactly why, Why? but the first one I can remember and I know you will relate to this was when in my like Conan watching days, I mean, obviously Andy I watched Richter. Conan a lot. <laughs> I'm just obsessed with Rob Smigel. Oh my God. Perfect. <laughs> and specifically the insult, a, a comet. Is it comet? No. Triumph. Triumph. Not <laughs> comet, the insult comic, comic dog. dog. That would be triumph. Weird. The ins- yeah. Yeah. Triumph. Did I, do you know my Robert Smigel story? No. Have I never told this on this podcast? Is it possible? It's really short. Know. I'm at Bonner. We're going to get to your oh, please. Se- se- sneaky sloppy for sure. Sloppy. Why does that mean sloppy? <laughs> oh, right. It was slappy. Secret slappy. <laughs> I keep it neat down there. <laughs> God. Um, okay. So I'm at like Bonnaroo or Bumbershoot. It's really hard to tell those two apart when you're full of peyote buttons. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I was at, I think it was Bumbershoot. I'm pretty sure. And Bumbershoot has a. It doesn't matter. It might be Bonnaroo. Has a huge... <laughs> I keep doing it. Oh, right. I'm radioactive. There's a huge comedy tent. Mm-hmm. Huge. That does sound like Bumbershoot. It does. No, I think Bumbershoot has a, a small, nice indoor theater. And Bonnaroo has like a giant... It's nice, but it's a giant... It's where a lot of people go to like 
cool out from their bad trips. <laughs> like mm. they're watching Foo Fighters and it just takes them sideways and let's go in the comedy tent because yeah. there's air conditioning. Yeah. So anyway, I've had good sets there and I've had, uh, let's be honest, great sets there, <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Robert Smigel enlisted me and a couple other people to be puppets in a Triumph the Insult comic dog. <gasps> uh, you haven't heard I this story. I can't believe this. So it was me and Triumph. And I was like a goat or something. And I'll never forget the lyrics to the number. I'm going to call it a number oh my God. that we were rehearsing because it went like, um, it went like this. It went, what do you say to the farmer? That was my line. And it was a song about how farmers should be able to have sex with their animals <laughs> or something like right. that. And I was rehearsing with him, and he was under a lot of pressure, so I'm going to give him a pass. Big mm-hmm. show, not oh, a lot no. of rehearsal time. It's not that bad, Okay. but we're just like, we're wearing Triumph-style puppets, mm-hmm. like not high-quality puppets. There's Triumph, there's me. We're kneeling under a bad stage, like a mm-hmm. puppet stage, the same kind of stage two eight-year-old twin girls would make. to put on a puppet show for their parents having a cocktail party. It's the same exact setup. (laughs) And I'm on my knees and he's down there too. And we're hiding under, and we're very close to each other. I have a mic, like a Madonna mic. Mm -hmm. And I go, what do you say to the, and he goes, what do you say? What do you say? (laughs) He like scared it into me. So here's Triumph also mouthing it. He was. He's doing it. Mouthing was, I mean, Triumph. Triumph was was mouthing the insult comic triumph. Yes. He was saying it, but like instinctually triumph was also saying it. So he's going, what do you say? What do you say? And I was like, I, of course I still remember it because he, he drunk dad to me. Are you sure he wasn't singing backup? (laughs) Like, what do you say? This was a rehearsal. What do you say? That is so generous. That's how much I want to save no, he's incredible. I mean, it's not that bad. It no, wasn't that's even not that, that bad. bad. It's funny that the puppet also reprimanded me. I, that's what makes <laughs> that's it a story. Funny, yeah. But we were about to do a show for like 2,000 people and we had like yeah. 45 minutes. So yeah, let's not even waste any more time defending him. He's fantastic. But <laughs> yes. Triumph did go, what do you say? What do you say? And I love, I'll never forget. It's now part of the story that you were like, are you sure it wasn't just backup? <laughs> How many dance fights could have been prevented in like musical gang neighborhoods? Someone was like, wait, was he just singing backup? Oh man, guys, put your dance fight shoes away and get your regular dance shoes back on because we're dancing the dance of no fight tonight. They dance either way. I was having my own um, version of, or I was just picturing which I think you you love this kind of comedy, but I was just picturing like somebody singing and they're like the traditional background singers are behind them. And it's like, you know, we'll use that same example, but he's like, what do you say? And they're like, what do you say? I find... And the guy turns around and is like, that, that's what I just said. That <laughs> is like exactly <laughs> my sense of humor. Yeah. If a guy's like, What's a song that has a backup singer? Um, okay. Um, um, I feel it in my fingers. Okay. In my fingers. <laughs> I feel it in my fingers. In my fingers. That's what I just bloody said. <laughs> it's so fun now. <laughs> That's what I just said. Let's go again. I feel it in my toes. Feel it in my toes. What is this on the schoolyard where you say everything I say? <laughs> 
Okay. It's not as fun <laughs> as we want it to be, but it is fun. I like it. I mean, it is, but it's Baywatch Nights. It's Baywatch Nights and we're getting salty. So I was about to say... Oh, yeah. You're going to tell me your thing. I would watch Conan, which was at 1235. Wait, hold on one second. <laughs> mid-roll? <laughs> hear the mid-rolls and then we're going to hear Val's sloppy, sloppy secret. Because oh, I can't go more than an hour. This is so... It's 9 p.m. <laughs> Yeah. It's 9 p.m. I know. And we have, what are we watching currently? Oh, the rehearsal, Nathan yeah. Fielder. Oh, so, so good. good. We can even talk about that a little bit. But when we come back, Val's <laughs> sloppy secret. Oh, God. <laughs> sloppy secret. What's happening, weirdos? Lately, I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks. Uh, I'm about to have Father Greg Boyle on the podcast. I've been listening to his incredible book, Tattoos on the Heart, and it has been great. One reason it's been great is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. You heard? <laughs> Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Even on the treadmill, these guys stay in place. Trust me, Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour hour battery life. Raycons are also priced just right. You get high-quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. Blands? Audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. They have Three, customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functionality, uh, functions, I guess I could just say, noise isolation, and awareness mode. So go to buyraycon.com slash weirdo. Note that it's not weird, it's weirdo. Buyraycon.com slash weirdo today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash weirdo to score 15% off by R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash weirdo and show your support of the show. It's also brought to us this episode by our friends at Dadgrass. This has to be the Pete's pick that I enjoyed, I'm going to say 10 times more than I even thought that I would. These are bringing back Dadgrass. You probably see them in some of the cooler shops around the neighborhood if you're like me. It's bringing back the chill casual smoke and i'm loving it chill out all summer long with dadgrass because it's too nice to be couch locked they'll mellow you out while keeping your head clear and ease away the stress of the day dadgrass is legal organic hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind dadgrass cbd products are made with 100 percent organic hemp that's easy to dose and the effects come on smooth they offer a variety of products and their token uh, from their token smokable pre-rolled joints, that's what I have, as well as their hemp flower and variety of CBD tincture drops, which I also have and love. This means you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. And I don't know, I, I'm not big into different things that people are doing at parties, but I love bringing my pack of dad grass to a party. It keeps me clear while melting away stress and also, frankly, gives me something to do at the party uh, with my hands, like uh, like Will Ferrell. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> and Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over and ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. So go to dadgrass.com slash weird to check out their products. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an 
old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. And right now, Dadgrass is offering weirdos 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash weird. Go to dadgrass.com slash weird for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash weird. Sincerely been enjoying those quite a bit. Something wonderful to sit on the porch with at the end of a day. Last but not least, guys, it's time to bring that summer heat into the bedroom. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) The temperatures aren't the only thing that's rising this summer. That's right. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by, it's sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? The whole thing is done online. That means no more visits to the doctor, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because your package has arrived. Your package has indeed arrived. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Time to get off the couch, back to work, and if your tool needs an upgrade, head to bluechew.com. Women say there's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help you give you confidence where it counts. So if you could benefit from extra confidence where it, when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for weirdos. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code WEIRD at checkout. Just pay five bucks shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code WEIRD to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. All right. Enjoy the rest of the show. Okay, we're back. Val, go on, Conan, and so Robert Smigel. 15-year-old, 14-year-old Val, staying, staying up late. I could only do it on Friday nights, so I could only ever watch Conan on Friday nights. Why? Oh, because... With that week, age, because yeah, it was weeknights, yeah. Once I got to, like, 17, I was watching it. I, it was like, I can stay up now. I'm a senior mom. I'm a senior. <laughs> I can do it. Um and but I would like be sitting in the living room watching Conan, and that's when you might remember the Girls Gone Wild commercials. Valerie, come on. Sometimes I think I'm too old for you. I'm just kidding. But every <laughs> once in a while, there's a moment like this that reminds me we're from the same planet, and that planet is called Horny at Girls Gone Wild commercials, <laughs> and it's orbited by those. Creepy guys that I went mean, around exploiting people. If you showed me one of those commercials now, I would see it completely so differently. differently. I but was just thinking about that. Like, we used to make fun of drug addicts in a much more callous way, oh, drunk people, homeless in a much people, more homeless people, uh, schizophrenic people. And we also just used to be like Snoop Dogg, 
whose image is sparkling white. Yeah. Did Girls Gone Wild videos with oh, them. I didn't even know that. Wow. He was all like, show me your tizzles. <laughs> and the joke was, try not to come when Snoop Dogg's on the screen. Oh like, my that, God. That's not my bit. That I saw was... more than one comic do that bit. Really? Yeah, wow. that's kind of a standard premise is try not to like sync it up with the... Because with... old funny. porn also would have shots of the guy's face for no reason. Right. Just like, <laughs> Oh yeah, who is no one? <laughs> no one. That's like Ron White's perfect bit about like homophobic his homophobic friends being like I never I can't I'm not going to do it justice. I'll I'll be able to remember the punchline, but like the setup is that it's like, you know, these country men that are just like I ain't gay. I I'm grossed out by dicks right. or whatever and he's like, "Do you watch porn?" It's like, yeah, of course I watch porn. Like, do you uh, do you watch just women on women, or do you watch men? On, men and I remember him going men on women, and he goes, "I'll watch a man and a woman making love." <laughs> that is so funny, and I don't want to hear any more of this bit because it's so close to my bit. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. It, well, I don't think so. Okay, good. He goes, um, and when the <laughs> when the we were watching a man making love do you want him to have a tiny little penis like oh no i want to have a big hard cock that is i mean love it and it's it's not i don't think it's no no no, it's not i'm not worried about it and it's just right out of my brain yeah it really is i used to have a bit i only did it like five or six times but again it was trying to admit get men to admit that it's not that weird yeah. To be attracted to men. And I don't have to say this. It's it's coming from the perspective of... I'm a straight person. I, I enjoy... I love the ladies, Anchorman. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. But <laughs> I was always trying to be like... If their mine was too crude... I, that's why I had to stop doing it. It was just too crude. I was like... Mm. Picture an image of a guy jerking off on a butt, like a lady's butt or something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's hot. That's great porn. And then it's like, cut out the lady. Like, it's yeah. mostly him. Yeah. But that's that's one of those. Oh, sorry, everybody. I moved my chair. These are the loudest chairs in America. They are, we're going to get new chairs. Um Anyway, I don't even have to... You don't need me to help us through the rest of that thought. That's a waste of time. So Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, Girls Gone Wild. And I don't... I didn't... Like, because I was in the living room, I don't remember ever doing it then. But I would commit those images to memory. Yeah. And put them in the the spank bank. Well, talk about us being similar, and maybe it does have something to do with the churchiness. But, like, to me, the the, one of the sexiest things... The ex, the exploiting aside, because I had a, a friend that was almost was in one of those commercials. Oh, really? But she was not in the videos, but she had to buy the video to watch it, looking for herself. Oh my but in God. the commercial, that was her just dancing, oh, like man. clothed. But she she was like featured as like the kind of women you might see naked. Really? In this. Yeah, because I'm sure the whole bar had like a release. Like if you're here, you can be used for wow. use is the right word. Yeah. But apart from the exploitation, I thought and have always thought and still think. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like 
spring break has always been one of the most confusing and terrifying things in the world. Yeah. But also, obviously there's a curiosity there. I am like a a 50 year old guy with a khaki vest and a mustache (laughs) and tinted glasses living in an RV in Florida. Cause I'm like, I don't want to go to spring break, but I am a bit curious. (laughs) Like, and then but, yeah, so like a telescope oh, that yeah. goes across that's what it is i yeah. mean what's the fucking difference like this yeah. crew went in and filmed it for you and bought it for you and and so you don't have a telescope it's basically a telescope yeah it's a legal telescope but the difference is and this is what i was actually getting at is like my book writing derriere in black and white in a book that you could read at 7 30 a.m even yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> it's earlier I believed the conceit at the time that these women were like all in. I didn't really understand that they were like fucked. I had never been drunk. Right. I didn't know. Me either. Well, I knew they were drunk though. I'm sure I knew they were drunk too, but I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah. And I didn't know that it meant that you might do things that you later see yourself in an infomercial and have to watch every tape. I definitely didn't remember, didn't think of it that way either until just now where I was like, wait a minute, how did they get away with that? They must've, like you said, like as they were entering the bar, they signed the release like before they were drunk and there must be like, you don't have to sign it. It's the same thing. That you can put up a sandwich board, the most delicious type of notice. Oh my. You put up a sandwich board that says, by entering this establishment, you're oh giving your God. consent. Whoa. But like, if you show your, your, your natty ices, you, ha- oh you have to sign a release for that. You would. I'm pretty sure. But my friend didn't sign a release and there she was. And I think that's legal because you see it in New York all the time. You know, yeah. You're walking on a certain block and it says, this is being filmed. You're a background actor. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, but, sorry. But there, there must be like a clause clause in the, the thing that they're signing. That's like, and by the way, if you're drunk, when you sign this, that's okay. That's totally legal. Or it just says sound mind sort of thing. Which is so... It's all so bad. I I mean, they're not still doing it. I am embarrassed to say that if you search Girls Gone Wild now, they seem to have just gone into pornography. Okay. Like you can't find the the flashing videos and i'm embarrassed that <laughs> that you know that i know that I yeah mean, you know it was a long time ago it yeah. certainly was a long time ago because now so much has changed we've learned a lot but, yes yeah you know. well i'll i'll say i'll share another one so that was like the first kind of like oh i could use these images later um but then i think the first porn kind of that i ever looked at like on the internet was I searched the, the, um, wild things, sex scene, wild things. Isn't that That's Dylan? The, yeah. And Nev Campbell. And yeah, I remember seeing that was beefed up to me, beefed up to me. <laughs> that was built up to me. Yeah. In the same, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it <laughs> as much as the exorcist <laughs> was sold to me as frightening <sighs> wild girls. Wild things. I wild thing. The sex scene in Wild Things was built up as sexy to the same exact degree. Yeah. And when I saw that movie, and I don't want to body shame anybody, <laughs> but it was so Hollywood to me. It's mm-hmm. when I realized, like, 
what I consider it's like why strip clubs aren't don't do it for me like like perfect Hollywood bodies and yeah sort of like am I right in assuming like there's some work done on these bodies I th- I don't know about Nev Campbell but I think Denise Richards definitely had I think it was boob yeah, job there was a boob job happening yeah and that always uh, I always feel like a creep talking about this but like. That that always like ruined it a little bit for me. Mm. In fact, the first pornography I saw, <laughs> courtesy of my brother, mm-hmm. through the black and white viewfinder of my camcorder, because <laughs> that's the genius way I figured out how to watch it. Yeah, just holding, like, just it is really genius. A movie, <laughs> like a tiny frame, happened to be, and this is where you go like, how much is me and how much is just what I was exposed to first? Like the first mm-hmm. cut is the deepest sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That could have changed my life because here I am so attracted to you and the women that I saw were much more like you than they were like mm. uh, Denise Richards. Is mm-hmm. that, can we get science on the phone? Yeah. Like, was it that? I wonder. I you wonder. Know, I don't know. I sometimes think because I also find women with my body type attractive in general. And I think, I wonder if that's because my whole life I was looking for other women who looked like me to feel okay about my body. Um, speed agree. <laughs> Val, I sometimes feel like I'm looking for women that look like if I were <laughs> for the same exact, that's not entirely true. I just wanted to get in on the fun. <laughs> I like it. But I, I'm with you. Like sometimes part of the attraction is a, a familiarity. And mm-hmm. even though... I wouldn't say I specifically go out of my way for people that look like what I would imagine I would look like as a woman. <laughs> That's overstating it. But yeah. I am looking for things that look like they're more in my ballpark. Mm, mm-hmm. which, because it's it's not just physical attraction. It's actually a little solidarity or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's why, I don't know, though, like the Denise Richards of the world always... Uh, I don't know. I I guess it, I just never bought it. I don't know if my mom steered me away from that or where I got it. Yeah. Or if it just was like all the prettiest girls in in high school and stuff. They always just seem so. You might as well like try to date a minotaur, and those are men, I think. <laughs> but it's not gay if it's mythical. Is what I've always said. If it's a mythical beast, it's not. It's a new. It's a third new thing. It's not gay straight by. It's it's actually a fourth new thing. <laughs> And it's totally okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm invoking the old idea that you had to say that yes. in the 80s. Right, yeah. You no longer have to say that. Your sexuality is beautiful. And guess what? Also, all bodies are beautiful. Yeah, including fake boobs. That's Absolutely. That's what's so funny is you have to even say that now. Yeah. We have to circle back and protect. <laughs> it's like protecting pigeons. <laughs> It's like we have all these endangered animals that we're trying to like learn to love thicker milkshakes and curvy and, and this and that. And we're like, don't forget pigeons. It's like there's motherfucking pigeons everywhere. <laughs> okay, I feel like you did the opposite of what we were trying yeah, to do. Yeah, but for comedy. Yeah. I'm just wearing my mischief pants. I don't really feel that way, guys. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's beautiful. Especially fake boobs. Like I can't, I can't find <laughs> the middle can't ground. Just drop it. Just the fake boobs are the best. Wait, what? What? <laughs> the pigeons are they're the best. I can't be subtle. Attraction is really fascinating because it does seem like I don't really have a type. Every man I've ever nice. been, <laughs> every man I've ever been attracted to, looks completely different from each other. Yeah, you're not one in a line of seven Valerie's. 
for sure. Right. And yeah, that's why I also look different from all of your past people. And Um, the one that was the curvy is closest to you. mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry. I just want to, I just want to (laughs) gloat. When we broke up, she was like, you'll see, you'll never find another person like me. (laughs) I think she meant physically too. Wow. She was just like, because I've made this point a million times. It does seem to me to be more rare for some one reason or another. Yeah. You know, that seems to be held up. I'm using Mad Men, which is a fictional thing, but like the Jones of the world just seem to be Mm -hmm. fewer and far between. Mm -hmm. And she was really making it sound like, (laughs) <laughs> this, like, is, this is your one stop in paradise fuck oh I was like if this is paradise I'd like to turn down the thermostat <laughs> Where are, what are all these flames what are, if this is paradise what's all this crackling flesh because <laughs> I am sizzling okay oh my god right sizzling Sizz- oh sorry www.sizzling.com slash weirdo weird was taken oh man you were saying oh just that yeah so my i think that that was the point is that i when i think back on the people oh, that i'm attracted to they all look different and it is it's kind of what's so fun about attraction is that it doesn't it's kind of like music that you love or a joke that makes you laugh. Like you can't fully explain exactly what it is and And why it is. And I think if you could follow the breadcrumbs in reverse, yeah, you might be a little disturbed. I know I always go Freudian. I just, I don't even mean your mom or your dad. Yeah. I'm sure that's in the mix. It's like, there's something also that you have to just draw the distinction. I think I've made this point before, but like, between like titillation and mm. sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. Cause there was a time, uh, that I, I remember being confused mm. that there was a kid in my class who had a voice. This is before all our, our voices changed and he sounded exactly like a girl. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing his voice <laughs> and thinking I was getting aroused, mm. but I wasn't getting aroused, mm-hmm. but I felt titillated but i didn't yeah. know the difference i just yeah. knew something about this kid's voice and it, it was asmr oh, oh of course it took me until asmr videos came out right that i was like he had this like whisper like there's this thing going on and i couldn't see him and it was very quiet and i remember just being like this is different this is like like perfect shears going through oh, silk yeah it was like that oh, and it ooh, gives you that like a little chill. like that mm-hmm. but i remember I don't remember being like afraid that I was gay, but I I remember being confused that I was like, that kid just did something for me. Yeah. And if I lived in a more fertile environment for like feeling safe, I I would have been like, hey, who are you talking to Friday night? I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) But like I could have talked to somebody about it. I certainly kept that in the, in the vault. Yeah. It's so funny because I, I didn't, you're making me remember nights, um, nights that one of the first real live people that I would think about when I, w- I can't say, I don't know why I feel embarrassed. I think it's funny when girls say Jack in it. Uh, okay. <laughs> that I would think about when I was Jack in it. Cause it's like, you know, you it can't is, jack. 
it's like there's a candle on the beach and then suddenly there's just a huge <laughs> shovel full of sand. You can't even see the candle anymore. Like somebody said, blow out that candle, which is the tension of what do I say? You just go, yeah. jacking it. Jacking it. And everything is gone. You're not yeah. even a person anymore. Yeah. You're just a thing that said jacking it. <laughs> Could have been an owl. <laughs> like sexuality is out the window. That's Nobody true. fucks an owl, not even other owls. <laughs> They're born from pine cones when they get a little wet and a little bit dry. <laughs> that sounds almost true. That's how it also, yes. It also sounded like something Martin Short would say. They actually come from owls when they get a little bit wet and a little bit dry. That's right. That yeah. was very good. Well, thank you. Um, but anyway. Comes in. <laughs> okay. okay you fun. just can't I get enough of doing Selena it. Gomez right now. Um, oh yeah. But the first real life person I thought of when I was jacking it <laughs> was my friend Caitlin in eighth grade. And I never really, I remember, I didn't even think about if that meant that I was gay or if I wasn't like, I, I think even then I had maybe like an open idea of being like, that's just kind of what's working now. And then there'll be like, beautiful boys that I think about. And then there'll be other girls that I think about. And it wasn't, but I do remember there being a phase where because of the Christianity, I definitely think I felt guilty about it and I felt dirty about it for sure. Um, but there was a phase where I was like, I'm not, I'm not attracted to women. I just am attracted to what's bad because that's what purity culture does for you. That's what like Christian repression does. It does the exact opposite of what they're shooting for. Shooting at something. I'm in alone in a hotel room. You know, porn ordering goes way up when there's like uh, ministry conferences, youth pastors oh my and stuff. God. I think I've told you that before. Maybe. I'm sorry if I forgot. No, no. I just don't want the people that are like, I can't believe Bill. Yeah. I can't believe pizza. The one again. But I do think there's, I mean, it is exactly you're you're training people to associate sex with something that you shouldn't do. So then the only thing that really gets you off later is things that you shouldn't do. This is interesting. You know how comedy, like the more damaged you are, typically, typically not always, you tend to be like funnier. Yeah. Some of the funniest people I know in my own experience have like the most tumultuous pasts. Yeah. I wonder if the people that are like jizzing the most epic orgasm. Okay, I'm God. so sorry. I really but hope my Aunt Anna doesn't listen to this episode. Aunt Anna, we love you. There's a bleeped version on our website. Sorry, that's, a, that's American Life joke. Oh, really? They always, they, there's an, there, this is an unbleeped episode. For a bleeped episode, go to thisamericanlife.org. Those are people leaving. Um, I wonder, so trauma, difficult childhood, leads to funny i wonder if the people i'll say it respectfully having the most fulfilling erotic sex lives Mm. owe a debt Mm. like look at madonna being like let's light a bunch of catholic candles and get some black jesuses in here with all these black jesuses and like (laughs) let's get some a john the baptist let's get a korean john the baptist over here just like real like hot naked korean john the baptist is over here there's black jesus let's have three black jesuses over here actually like that she she was on to something there's something Mm. about that taboo yeah and i know i've made this point a million so i won't make it in the way i've made it before but i think there's 
almost a relationship in similar to trauma and being funny and repression and being like capable of, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to make lemonade. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this has happened to me, but now I feel like my cake might be, have an extra tear or two to it yeah. because like, it just is what it is. It's always going to feel a little bit naughty. Usually when we do it, that is not on my mind, mm-hmm. but if I'm being honest, Maybe two, three percent is sort of like, I can't believe we're doing it. And that means maybe it's two, three percent better than someone that was just raised by Charles and Nancy, the two (laughs) sex positive, non body shaming, groovy, moonwalking parents making you tuna alternative sandwiches and letting you watch the facts of life. How am I going to sleep tonight? I'm just getting all know. jacked up. I, oh, God. <laughs> Nights. 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 So that was You Made It Weird. Nights. Um, are we done? I don't know. Are we? Seems like it. A couple plugs. Read. Okay. I know this has been a, a filthy, a filthy. It's been an juicy. honest episode. It's been a juicy episode. Yeah, it's juicy. Look. Juicy. I think about this all the time. The truth, the level of truth we would spit. That's a <laughs> cow cowboy song. If you got a truth, man, spit it. Um, <laughs> Wait, what did you say? That's a what? It's like how cowboys talk. Oh, I thought you if said you got it. something to confess. You spit it. I totally thought you said that's a Kyle cowboy song, and that's I was like, Kyle please, you know, tell cowboy? me what Kyle cowboy is. <laughs> no, I think about this all the time because I get frustrated. I won't say who, uh, but sometimes people do my podcast and I want to say like, would you just talk to me like we knew we were going to be executed <laughs> at the end of this interview? <laughs> would you please just talk to me like we knew at 11 p.m. tonight we're executed because I'm tired of this, like saving it. I'm yeah. tired of not talking about what we had secret sloppy jacks to. <laughs> I'm tired of not talking about the weird ASMR kid in computer graphics class. Yeah. Like what I'm saying is, yes, this episode was juicy. I like that word. It was juicy. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't dirty. No. It, like what I find dirty, and this is completely real. This is not just self-serving, although it does serve myself. Mm-hmm. What I find dirty is when people are just, they won't take their fucking khakis off. And I, I just mean put on a pair of jeans or put on like something just a little bit, yeah, just a little real. bit lower to the ground. Well, I And talk like we might be, we might explode later today. Mm-hmm. We don't know. And that, that not to scare us. I'm just saying like, there, it's actually a Buddha. It's a line attributed to the Buddha. A lot of lines attributed to the Buddha or not. But he says, the mistake you make is thinking you have time. Mm. And I know this is a very funny place to put a profound little teaching, mm-hmm. but here we are at the end of our juicy, salacious jack-off talk. And I think there's a lesson there. And, and when I was talking with Father Greg, one of the things I think we enjoyed about each other, I'm very certain, was that we just had a real talk. I wasn't putting on my priest persona and he wasn't, we were talking like two people who love reality and love the universe and love God but don't pretend I, that's my biggest aversion. I, I, I did that for so long yeah. is, is presenting one way and then feeling and talking frankly to my real friends in a different way. Yeah. And I like, I know this is a little heavy handed, but like who says people who talk about Jack and I can also talk about yeah. love and yeah. as father Greg calls it, the no matter whatness of God, which I'm very obsessed oh, with. Let me make one other father Greg that. point because you got to read tattoos on the heart. It's I listened to it 
and it is incredible. Now that we're up in Ojai, I'm going to be tearing through more books, so I have more to share with y'all, which mm-hmm. is really cool. I'm loving the commute. That's that's real. It sounds like I'm saying, <laughs> like, I'm loving the commute. I, I am. <laughs> I read that book in a week. It was in, in four days, basically. It was awesome. He said something that really blew my mind, and he was like, people always ask him if Homeboy Industries, which is his uh, nonprofit mm-hmm. that he started in L.A. that works in an area that's like sort of disputed over by five different gangs. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, you know, it's a troubled, I guess, is the way they'd say it on the news area. Mm-hmm. And, and he went in and he started loving these, these, these people that needed love, that needed solidarity and kinship and all that stuff. And people always asked him for success stories. And one of the most interesting things in the book that he said that really blew my Western achiever mind mm-hmm. that only ever, I've been very... Uh, goal-driven, success-driven, results-driven. And he says this about successes. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he's like, if your interest is success, um, you'll only work with people who are successful. You'll work with people who are like, as I said to my brother earlier today, I was like, espresso people. Mm. Like a certain type of intellect, a certain type of uh, even schedule, keep it, all that sort of stuff. You'll work with those people and you won't work with this type of people, even though these people may forget may these people have value, Mm -hmm. but now you're interested not in people Mm -hmm. in kinship or community or dissolving margins or standing with the unrepresented. You're now interested in success. So it changes who you'll work with and also changes what you'll work on, what you'll do. Meaning, if he was trying to be successful, the mission statement of Homeboy Industries would have been different. Mm-hmm. It would have been something you could succeed at. Mm-hmm. But like just loving people, you can't get like a, a, a airtight metric. They do have success, a mm-hmm. lot of success. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly successful ministry. Mm-hmm. But like you can tell it's not wired mm. to get great numbers that build investors like a corporation. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, even creatively, I, I, I don't even think of it as a, as a consideration. I don't pursue an idea unless I think it would be successful. Yeah. That's how in the water I am. And I don't even know I'm in water. Yeah. And, it's, and that was one, one point that made that book utterly life-changing for me. Yeah. And he, he also talks about the privilege of standing with and loving mm. the poor mm. and the underserved. Mm-hmm. And that's just a converted person. Yeah, It's not about service. It's not about what he can do for them. It's about sharing his life with them and them sharing his life with him and having actual community. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Mm. I thought it was like, let's go in and make a difference. Let's mm. get that this number down and this number up. And it was like, mm. no, the ministry, it's like Mother Teresa stuff. Yeah. She wasn't, she was she couldn't cure leprosy or whatever. It yeah. was like, she was going to do something that you can't win mm. because the point she, Mother Teresa says, we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful. Mm. And even if you don't have a faith, uh, you know, like a religious system or, or belief system, you're faithful to one another because yeah. he says over and over that Mother Teresa says the problem in the world is that we've forgotten that we belong to each other. Ugh, I remember that one. And then he also says the, the, uh, our goal is to imagine a circle of compassion 
and now imagine it being so big that no one's outside of it. Right. And that there aren't people that are worth less than other people. And of course we do. We constantly mm-hmm. do this. Con- it's socially acceptable to do this. Mm-hmm. So here I am plugging this beautiful, earnest and lovely book. Mm-hmm. But after all this juiciness, mm-hmm. but if there's anything unique that perhaps we're offering, yeah. it's, it's exactly that. So you get the whole thing, the whole human experience, all the juice and the heart stuff. What did that make you think of, Mom? I was just going to say, will you share the thing you told me about the the scripture about the meek being with the blessed are the poor, blessed are the, the better translation? Yeah, the I thought you got that Father from Greg, that book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually have more. Mid- I'm just kidding. We don't have more minerals. Um, here, he said that. Instead of blessed are in the Sermon on the Mount, a better translation would be you're in the right place if mm-hmm. you're mourning. Mm. You're in the right place if you're poor in spirit. You're mm. in the right place. And that is, you know, it's a very backwards, for as much as I love studying that stuff, and I've done a lot of research and listened to a lot of tapes and talks on the Sermon on the Mount it still can elude me at times and I'm not exactly sure. And I think that's sort of the, mm. the point is it's, it's so radical yeah. and we think we get it, but he's saying it, you're in the right place. If you're heartbroken, yeah. you're in the right place. And I think tonight my interpretation is like when your heart is broken, you need other people mm-hmm. and you attract other people and you connect mm-hmm. and you congeal and you, create a space that you could say God would recognize or whatever. Yeah. I, and I've heard Mirabai stars say this and Tara Broxy that it's like when you're heartbroken, your heart is breaking open. It's, it's you. So you are in that heart space that sees way clearer than our brains that we're over identified with so often. Because yes, now we're there. Because I really think it, it, there, it, there is a death and resurrection that we go through in our lives mm-hmm. if, if we're fortunate. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's getting that brokenness and realizing who you are underneath it. Yeah. And I say this, I'll be the first to admit I don't want any of that. Yeah. I have had it happen to me over and over again in well, small ways and in big ways. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is that I don't... I, I, used to think, and I loved this because I'm a comfort seeker, that that happened to us once. (laughs) But now I think it does happen over and over in bigger and smaller ways. But it's just this constant sort of getting caught up and then getting devastated and broken and, and really the, like the feeling of, of grief this, the terrifying feeling of grief is, oh my God, this is going to annihilate me. Mm. And I think the answer is, yes, it is. But, but there what? is always a rebirth and it's like, yes, it is, but it's not going to be how you think it is. That's <laughs> you <know>? right. <laughs> like just let it annihilate you. You'll, you'll be glad later. And what's left after what's the annihilation. Yeah. 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 That's, I love that. I, I'm also reminded, I'm reminded of when Ram Dass said, I don't wish you the stroke. I wish you the grace from the stroke. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want, he, on the other end of his stroke, 
saw that you're in the right place mm-hmm. when you're broken. Yeah. And, but he would say, not everybody has to do it this way. And I wouldn't wish this on you cause it's been awful. Yeah. But that's, it, isn't that interesting? That's really interesting. And that's so interesting because my dad actually has a, a, one of his sayings that I really like. And he just said it to me yesterday when I was on the phone is everybody wants to see a miracle, but no one wants to need one. Wow. And it's so similar. It's like, yeah, like, but there is this, this thing of, I mean, I know it's slightly different. Like maybe you can get the grace from the stroke without the stroke, maybe, Yeah. but it's also like, or maybe you, you don't. And that's the game. And that's beautiful too. Well, that's one of, if, if father Greg really hammers something home gently and, Mm -hmm. and patiently in the book, he's not yelling from the pulpit, Mm -hmm. but it's that there's things worse than, than death. And it's not knowing who you are. Mm. And he tells these stories of, he calls them the homies, having profound mystical moments where Mm. they see themselves as how God sees them. Mm. And it brings them to tears. It brings him to tears. And it's beyond words. It's not an intellectual or even a poetic, like, Mm. I saw, it's like simple, gorgeous it happened. Mm. And that's what he says over and over. He's like, and that's something death can't touch. He's, and he says it's coming out not this week, but I believe the week after my chat with father Greg. Yeah. And he, one of the quotes in it is he goes, death is a punk. That's what we say at homeboy. We go, death is a punk meaning it's common. It takes your life, Mm. but there's things worse. And it's, it's not, not ever in this life figuring out that you were completely loved and accepted not only loved and accepted by a subject object but made of love and acceptance made of your maker yeah but also even if you do keep it more simple like what that just made me think of is I've been thinking lately because I've been going through a tough week and we'll talk about that probably on another episode but and I just have such a strong support system and And my parents, I'm so lucky, are the types of parents that I can call them and when something goes really wrong and they make me feel better about, like, I feel supported and my friends are so supported and, um, are so supportive. And I was thinking like, of course I believe and have always been able to believe that God or something bigger than me is actively loving me because that's one of the first things I felt I was fortunate enough to feel my parents very much actively loving me. And so it's like, that's just ingrained in me. And, and an atheist or a materialist may think like, yeah, so I'm just projecting that sort of experience onto a God, maybe sure. But what I think it is, is we can, when we love each other purely like that, we're showing each other how God feels that's about ex- us. I would say that's exactly, I don't know. I haven't heard him put it that way. Yeah. But, but it seems like that's exactly what they're doing. And what's beautiful about it is that you can do it at any stage in your life and precisely. it can be anyone. It doesn't have to be your parents when you were young. Well, that's what I mean is now when there's difficult people and by difficult, I mean difficult for me to love them or like them. Mm -hmm. 
now I see the privilege in just giving people what they need. Yeah. It's changing how I'm working. It's changing relationships. It's been incredible. Just, just cut Richard Rohr does this too. Just cut to it and just give them what they need. Mirabai Star does it too. But we talk about the no matter whatness of God. We haven't called it that, but that's what Father Greg calls it. The unconditional yes of God, mm-hmm. the ground of your being and the supporting love is, is been too watered down of a word, but this, ugh, yeah, right. And we talk about that, but we don't, I haven't given enough thought to when we love like that, we're reminding people of something very ancient, deep, as, as true as it gets. Yeah. So he tells the story. I, I, I wouldn't be able to ruin the book for you guys if you're going to read it, even if I told you every single story I remember, which is a good number of them. Mm-hmm. But he tells the story about a homie coming in his office with his, it was a report card mm-hmm. and he shows it to Father Greg and he goes, look, I, I got straight A's. Mm-hmm. And Father Greg opens the report card. He goes, oh, wow. It's so, he, he calls him Miho. He's like, I think that means son. Yeah, my son, I think. And he's like, oh, Miho, I'm so proud of you. And he opens the report card and it says D, C, D, A, F, C. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. But he, he's not really saying, what do you do? He just goes like, I'm so proud of you straight A's like mm. it's like on bluey it's like don't teach them chess teach them don't teach them head stuff teach them hard oh, stuff I was wondering if you had seen that I episode did. yet I, I haven't seen all of it but the third season of bluey's out and it's incredible yeah. uh, no surprise <laughs> yeah. but it's like it's the most obvious thing in the world that very few of us do which is love as we know God to be for real, mm. not love how we fear God is based on how we are or our scary dads or our scary grandfather or whatever it mm. was, whoever hurt you, mm-hmm. distorted it. But you know the thing behind the stars and the lilies and the lakes and the oceans and the light behind your eyes is not your drunk dad. Mm. And th- so those little straight A moments where you just say congratulations son Mm. are like way more important Mm -hmm. than going "Uh, actually this this isn't straight this is one A is that what you meant (laughs) yeah come on sit down I'm going to explain to you what straight A's mean Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just and something about the heightened intensity of life down there Mm. makes it even more vital yeah you know what i mean yeah again we're back to the buddha the mistake we make is we think we have time meaning i'll love my son or my daughter or my friend or my brother unconditionally later maybe Mm. when they're like old and or sick Mm. then i'll give them unconditional love but you don't you have there's no guarantee what do you i know that's the most cliche thing but like what are you doing pretending you have time and you can apply that to enlightenment like let's put down our bags right now and just for a second be one with everything instead of going i'll be enlightened when i've read enough books or done enough meditation it's just like become love now yeah when else are you going to do it it's got to be now it's got to be now all right i'm going to watch some pornography if you could leave me alone <laughs> or you what? could stay <laughs> just kidding the, the funniest oh, dumbest way to end the podcast <laughs> that um, was beautiful thank you for sharing that 
thank you, mama. This was awesome. I, I, I have really, I, that's what I, that was the other strand as, uh, that I forgot, Oh wow. which is weekends are over. I've been wanting to do a bit about it. Weekends when you, are. before you have a baby weekends are a thing, then you have babies and then weekends are just harder. It's, it's, it's awesome. I spent so much wonderful time with Leela today, mm-hmm. but I don't get to talk to you. And yeah. a joke that Le- uh, Val and I make in front of Leela is I'll <laughs> talk to you in 16 years. Um, <laughs> But I'm so glad that we have this podcast mm-hmm. and even had to like get it out now. Yeah. Um, because we wouldn't have done this if no. we, we weren't on a treadmill that we have to keep going. So I'm glad that we have this treadmill. Me too. And thanks for listening, everybody. And keep it crispy.